0: This is the Pete Wong Podcast, sharing the things that I love with those that I love. I've always wanted to talk about the things that I care about in life. People have told me time after time, why don't you just share more of you? And with that, let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to this week's The Pete Wong Podcast. How's everyone holding up out there in the world? I'm Super. I don't want to just say excited because I've said that before. (laughs) I'm catching myself right now. I'm like, I've said that before, haven't I? What's another word for excited? I
1: was. I was thinking you were gonna say blessed. To be honest with you,
0: (laughs) a blast is always.
1: No, blessed.
0: Oh, blessed. Oh, okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I do feel blessed listeners i just want you to know that i've been trying to get ricky on here for two years it was it two about two years
1: it's actually it's it was about five years ago we <laughs> tried recording on my internet Actually, you know, it was four years ago my son was a baby he was an infant
0: i love it how crazy. i love it how how parents can always use their kids as, <laughs> as a as a barometer of, of how old they are.
1: <laughs> yeah I can tell you, that was like 52 months ago.
0: <laughs> I am blessed to have... Do you go by Rick, Ricky?
1: Anyone. All right. Anyone, I'm going to do Whatever this. you call me, Ricky, you've always been a Ricky guy. <laughs> can I just interject real quick? The only yeah. reason why I'm a Ricky yeah. is because when I was... Before I had met you, before I went back to Minnesota, I was working in the car business. And there was a guy who worked at the, at the same dealership, an old guy named Rich Hoffman. So when they would call over the loudspeaker, we both would go pick up the phone call, like if it, he had a phone call. And so they had to make me, because I was the younger one, they made me Ricky. So then it's just stuck. So then I probably introduced myself to you as Ricky, and that's how it. So I just had to share that little tidbit.
0: <laughs> that is great. I love that. I I love it how, I love it how how the name has has a story. Yeah. This is Ricky Hoffman. Thank you, Ricky, for for making it on here. Um, It took four years, but we're here now. I think I want to start off telling the listeners how we know each other. Do you want to share it or?
1: Sure. I'll share my my remembrance of it. And but thank you, thank you for having me. By the way, I'm blessed to be here with you. Blessed to still have these conversations and this type of genuine relationship that has survived. I mean, that was 20 years ago. That's that's the crazy, that was 20 years ago. But uh, I, I don't remember exactly how we met per se, but I do remember, I know it was at Metro State and I know it was in one of our classes, but I do remember we instantly became friends and worked on projects together and i just remember having uh there was one mr Byrne, i think was his name i don't remember the teacher's name either but mr burn or the professor but i remember we had to film that one that one stupid short clip and it had the flip over pen and i lost it and could not get it together and we had to do about 20 takes and uh But then also I just remember you were one of the first people who I ever met because at that time I'd only been writing like in my closet, you know, trying to hide it away because I was too cool to be a writer and stuff. And so that was my first jump in. And so you were the first person I ever met that really took the bull by the horns and you tried to, you had written a short script about the, the mafia. I remember at the, I think it was that, I don't know, i believe it was at a restaurant and, The
0: too short mafia strip
1: too short yeah that too short mafia strip yep and uh and you were intent on getting that and so we tried to get that but i mean that was so that was the first time so i was actually really impressed by it and stuff but and then just that we just had that we were just i mean i you one of the besties man i mean you were always that we were a good friend at and we've stayed you know together that's where you're forever that's all it's for everybody you know that's the way i look at it
0: oh thank you for <laughs> forever, buddy. that's that's the first time i've ever heard that i like that i remember this uh good-looking uh young uh debonair uh, uh screenwriter uh i don't know like I don't know why I was like thinking, you know, like, like you were like a lot younger than me, but I I don't, I don't think, I don't think you are. Right. But
1: I might be older than you. I don't know. Really?
0: Okay. All right.
1: I think so. I don't know. Maybe not. I'm 42. 43. Yeah. I'm older. Oh,
0: no way. Okay. You know, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're writing a script or you're directing a a, a movie, you're always got your eyes and ears uh, or you got your eyes looking for or for the one that's going to be on the camera, (laughs) going to be on the camera. I was like, oh, he looks like an actor. And then what was so cool was, no, like, he can write. That project, I remember, because we were, like, stuck in the bathroom and there was, like, toilet paper or something like that. We kept on on pulling the toilet paper. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I remember we got together, hung out, probably watched movies, uh, shared projects. You were the first person to ever say, hey, can you read, do you mind reading my script? I say, oh yeah, sure. And here I'm thinking, uh, you know, a little little short, a little, you know, like (laughs) a couple of pages. And then, bam, he drops it. And it's this like, I I don't know how many pages it was. Ricky had the title page. He had the uh, whatever, however you bind it. Flipping through, I'm like, dang, like the formats. Like, so I was like, I just felt like, Honored and at the same time like a little intimidated that I had to read this thing, but I wanted to read it It's just like wow, this is this is a lot of this is this is a movie here, right? Um, so You were you were like more advanced than a lot of the people in the class because you were already writing and um, And I was and I I was writing I got into writing because I had ideas and I would tell them to people and they didn't want to film them. <laughs> yeah. If I want to film something, maybe I got to write it. So that's what, that's what I remember. And then you're caring, like you're, 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 a very caring person. And, and, and that's, you know, I think that's what gravitated, you know, me, you know, towards, towards that. And then also just our conversations about film and like the industry and uh hollywood
1: <laughs>
0: right. right he rose
1: right. eyes right <laughs> as to no yeah no well the funny thing is too is it's and not to like but yeah. when i started at the school i was already about like three four years into writing and i i came on it as a total kind of fluke like when i was a young kid i wrote like even in first grade i wrote a story about uh Michael J. Fox's mittens, and uh, my mom, and every like she sent it in the thing. Like they all thought it was the greatest thing, so they all thought I was gonna be, But I never wanted to write, and it just it actually came out of like after my son passed away, and some things that I was going through at the time. I literally was at like a party and felt like I had something like people turn on me and all this and I went home from the party and just wrote and sat down and thought I'm gonna write my life story and I wrote and I spent like two three weeks straight even got fired from I was a jeweler at a jewelry store in the mall and got fired because I didn't even go into work I just sat there and wrote and uh and then two days after I finished the script I moved. I got my car and drove, and was on my way to California. And I stopped in Arizona to see my dad, who was kind of strange one, but he had introduced me to a playwright, a guy who'd done like some off-Broadway stuff, who's now like in Phoenix stuff. But and that guy kind of took me under his wing, gave me books to read, and and showed me, you know, how to write. Read my stuff. And so literally, I think the script that you read was probably like my seventh or eighth script. And I considered myself at that time like a very polished writer and thought like, which I think now in this day and age with the way the young back then, Mm -hmm. young writers still weren't really a thing. So I, it was tough to break it. It kind of came a little bit after us. It's kind of like the YouTube generation. Like, I think if YouTube would have been out in my heyday, I would have been like Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Like, probably not as big of a jackass or anything, <laughs> but that would have been, you know, I just would have done and had people, I think, interested. And in. thing was, was I could never get real like feedback on my stuff either. I could never, I never really felt comfortable enough, which is weird to hear. Like I really appreciate you saying that. And I almost wish I would have known that, you know, more cause I would have been, cause I just always, that was my thing, which I always just felt that was the one thing like baseball I always had, you know, I never was intimidated. Hollywood intimidated me, you know, like when I moved out there and everything and I was in a good circle but That's what I saw is just it's really just a really tight circle, you know. So, like, it kind of derailed my writing to a large degree, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, just try to keep it positive here. That was that way, but I think you felt more comfortable, like, you know, engaging with other people with it, or I was more like. It came from such a personal place when I started to me that, like, in a dark one, that, like, it was always, even when I wrote comedies, you know, it was like, it's really, it was really hard. And, like I said, I always came from a non, like, writing wasn't cool, jock, you know, Mr. Cool type thing. So it was, it was always hard to get over that hurdle of, you know, revealing myself as like a writer, which, you know, like I said, in this, and this day and age seems crazy to even think like that was uh, but i do remember people like literally openly against the idea of it i remember a friend in college i went up and he was like two years older at saint cloud state coming up and whispering to me about how he was trying to write a book and was like working you know and like just afraid to to say it out loud because people would laugh at them you know and now it's like everybody's got their own like way to tell their story every day you know whether it be like instagram you know everybody's open 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 you know what i mean like it's just bizarre to think of like but that was a part of why my brain was wired in that way like it was just it was a different world back you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. not not all that severe serious i mean i'm sure different areas but where we came from or at least where i came from it was just a it was a different world man
0: yeah i think that's really interesting you know uh, i i I, wow i haven't thought about that but that's that's so true um Wow, I'm glad I'm glad you shared that because I think it puts so many things, so many things in in perspective. But I wanted to, since we brought it up, um, I I I wanted to bring up or I wanted to talk about uh, you. You were saying, um, you know, it came from a personal place, and it and that place was dark. Can you take us uh, to? Uh, that to to that place is that all right
1: yeah yeah no it's i mean you know it's it's now been uh 25 26 years this will be the 26th year so it is and i actually i think i think last year i made a post about it and because it was his 25th it was the would have been his 25th birthday which is insane to think that i could have a 20 you know 25 26 year old son running around but uh yeah so when i was in high school i you know i i ended up having you know and i went (laughs) i went to hill murray which you know if again it's crazy times things are so different there that but it i got a Yeah, I got my girlfriend pregnant and uh, it wasn't a healthy relationship before and it certainly wasn't healthy after, you know, but she had a ton of issues with the pregnancy and, you know, so spent even before she had the child, I mean, there was, I think she spent like two, three months, you know, in the hospital bedridden stuff like that. And so my son was born Uh, three months premature and he was born at one pound 14 ounces I mean tiny I believe it's 13 inches long um so you know just barely bigger than the palm of your hand and just tiny and uh so and he was in the, the NICU for his entire life and just never really had a shot which um they about two three days after he was born he they um told us he had the strongest lungs they'd ever seen on a baby that size, so they wanted to take him off the ventilator, so they took him off the ventilator and then about two, three days after that, they came back and said so that was a they couldn't his lungs couldn't handle it in that so they put him back on the ventilator, and he never got taken back off the ventilator again until it uh we, you know, we eventually had to make the decision to uh, unhook him from, you know, basically stop his treatment, but he was alive for just under a month, um literally like two days under a month, three days under a month, but and it was just a surreal, surreal experience. I mean, he literally died in my arms on my, pro, on my junior prom day, uh, you know, to which... I mean, and I hold no, I hold no like uh, ill will for her. But my date literally came to the hospital right after it happened, not knowing what had happened, but was like, you know, I was just wondering if he was going to go tonight. And they told her, no, that my son had passed away. And she was she said, oh, tell him not to worry about going. Then you know, like just kind of weird, like, you know, and I don't like, I don't think but that's just how Like nobody I think could, could really understand. Um, it's such a, like, I know my niece, uh, super strong. She just had a near similar incident. Her son was born in cep- with encephaly and uh, he, you know, she carried him to term knowing that he wasn't gonna make it when he was born she knew that for a couple months and wanted to care him and she he was alive for a, a day really a lot longer than they thought but uh, just an amazing story too and like you know and it was kind of like in in ways like like you had said earlier I don't know if it was when we were just chatting before this but like you wanted to you had seen kind of a similar story and wanted to like put me in contact kind of well I was like kind of helping her through that too and and it was like I always thought it would be like I would be more, in, you know, inspirationalist than that. But when the situation comes, it's really kind of, it's an awkward thing. And it and and I tried, you know, and she was very receptive and and awesome to it. But it's just such an awkward thing, which is what I've I've seen over the years. I mean, it's it's something that most people are uncomfortable, you know, dealing with and and even kind of addressing that it leads to, you know, it makes it almost even worse. And you can't like, so there was, and at the point I was at at the time too, and with the situation, the way it was, I mean, it, it was, I mean, again, it's just, I, we could have a, a really just sad talk and like, to, you know, I mean, it, it just, it was something that I don't, I, I really don't think in the whole, scope of it from beginning to end I don't think people would ever really understand and um, affected me I mean immensely I mean it, it I went from kind of a golden boy in school to where I could do no wrong every parent teacher kid loved me and to almost immediately like just uh i don't almost like just a demon like literally just i they could not do enough to gaslight me they could not do enough to you know hard like just mentally emotionally put me through like just situations it got so out of control i had to uh i've i've don't know anyone else has ever had to do this either but because I was it was at a Catholic school and then I mean they were like ashamed that it happened they didn't you know it was like they didn't want to like uh you know encourage it in any way so they didn't want to make it like a humane thing it was just a bad bad thing by a bad kid you know and but we I ended up having to go to counseling sessions during school time but off campus with uh, the girl her mom her dad my mom the dean of students at the school the principal and like two other counselors that but so I, and like to discuss my personal issues you know that we're going through like in hers and all this stuff I mean like just and insane and in that instance like this is how helpless I felt at the time I just remember like she was telling them how she was never going to accept the fact that we, because I had broken up with her too before because of just a horrible, you know, just experience dating, all this stuff. But, but in, uh, she was telling them how she was never going to get over me and we were going to be together. We had to be together. She's never going to accept it. And I was just like, listen, this is never going to happen. Like, you got to get it through your head. Like, we're never going to get back together said this in front of it all and her mom interjected and was like do you see that he's just saying not right now maybe in the future and i'm literally like no (laughs) don't you guys understand me like and no adult was you know like jumping it like it was just it was like i don't and like with the way kids are i mean but i've always had different like i used to get phone calls when i was in like sixth, seventh, seventh eighth I had people call and threaten to like kill me and stuff just because of who I was. Like, you know, I just, I literally would get death threats. And in this day and age, it's such a different thing. Like, I don't think, so I just kind of dealt with it. and, And I mean, I had such a horrible, like, and I ended up getting kicked out halfway through my senior year and I, well, they never kicked me out, but they said, if I had another incident, I would get kicked out. But you know, and so I, I left and I went to a school in Arizona for baseball. But I mean, it was just like I just couldn't run away from Minnesota fast enough mm-hmm. at that time. And even now, it comes out and it manifests itself in different ways. And and I always was able to like, you know me, I've bounced around. I've, I've lived a lot of places. I've chased a lot of dreams and gone down a lot of rabbit holes and just but and it's i feel a lot older than i am like now it's starting to kind of catch up with me a lot more and i've been grounded here in nevada for a while las vegas and just it just seems like now it's just it really like the, the chances i'm really i don't take any chances anymore like i'm just i'm pretty straight and narrow and and it's just weird. I've just it gotten old, man. And it's just, it's a weird feeling. But, and so looking back on it, and I've grown, but that's the weird thing. Like you can't ever, one weird thing that has lasted with that throughout my life is first off, a lot of people that are very close to me and stuff like that. And like, you know, everybody has moments, but it's been used as a weapon against me a lot more than, than um, you know, people trying to help me heal. Let's put it that way. Like, it's just, it's a weird thing, knowing that it's something that has affected me so much. A lot of people have taken that vulnerability and like to attack it in moments of, you know, the, to cause, which is a weird thing. But but that's another thing is like, you can't even like, I, I do talk, about the situation a lot because it'll come up in certain things but but I really don't ever like spend any time like talking about it or or anything unless like his birthday or you know father's day used to be really tough it's a little less tough now because my son is you know my son rather but and I get like like people a lot of people like to say that you you don't you've never gotten over it you know what i mean like never and it's 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 a it's a weird thing because it's like those you know people again i don't know anyone who's gone through it so i don't know anyone who can say like there's a way to get over it like i don't even think i can say that there's a way to get over it or anything but i do think i have gotten over it which is weird I mean, it definitely still affects me, um, you know, which I think is normal for trauma and grief. And I don't think there's ever going to be a time that it's going to be like, well, yeah, my dad's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be cracking jokes about it, you know, or anything like that. But it's, it is like when certain periods come up. And, and so I, I wish people would understand that more. And a lot of these people that say things like that, like, will then bring up what I would consider to be, and I think most people consider to be, way less traumatic experiences. They bring those up all the time and use those as like crutches. You know what I mean? To to pretend like this is why they have their guard up in this way. And, and like I've never really done that either. I don't. I don't think I've ever really let myself be guarded or jaded from people because of my trauma. I actually think I've opened up more. But it's also weird too because now my son probably would make it, you know, back then, like 90% Mm. of the kids, you know, in that situation didn't make it. Now it's probably the exact opposite. And, and now, and another weird thing that happened shortly after was like the teen moms and, and the teen, you know, it became normal for teenagers to be pregnant in high school not normal, but I mean, it was, it became a lot more widespread and a lot more accepted and like the TV shows and stuff like that. So a lot of the things, again, it's just kind of a a situation of circumstance in my life. Cause like a few years later would have been totally acceptable, like not a big deal and probably would have been something, but then it was more like a, and especially the situation, the school that I was in and it was like a shunning. I mean, it was, and so it, that, it de- that definitely, I think that affected me a lot more in dealing with people than, than, you know, the the trauma and the grief that I went through with my son, because there were, you know, I had positive, like I, I wanted him to live even at that age, you know, I wanted him to survive and it would have cost me a lot. And I knew it would have cost me a lot, like of my own goals and everything, but I was willing to make those sacrifices. I don't know if other people were but so it was like it was crushing but i did have positive moments you know and i still have you know it's sad but i just have a box of you know a, a big rubbermaid thing of his stuff and you know i haven't looked at it probably it's up in the closet which is sad you know but but it's you know just just things you know but that was something i was proud of and that was something i carried so and it's it's hard like that was another thing too sorry i'm ram and now but it's okay it's hard to like people like you know, I used to feel I got I love kids and it made me work with kids. And so I worked at, you know, my first my first job I ever had was at disc or my second job was at Discovery Zone, you know, which was that little kids indoor playground and at you know right after a year after that I was doing birthday parties for little kids and stuff like that. And then I worked with like the mentally disabled, but I've worked as as a mentor for kids with church groups and you know worked at job, but I always wanted to work with kids. I always, I have like 17 nieces and nephews that I've always really close bond with, you know, that I would spend most of my time. So, I mean, I always wanted to, people would always say, you have kids, you don't have kids yet. I'd always say, well, you know, I did have one. And that's the thing, too. So you instantly, like, crap people out right away when you're, you know, talking to them. And I think it just changes the dynamic again. And, and I think a lot of people think, like, you know, you're looking for sympathy or you're looking for, and you're just, you know, I'm just being honest and telling you, you know, like, what, what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't feel comfortable answering that question without mentioning that I did have, or you know what I mean? It feels wrong, this memory, but... I've learned as I've gotten older too like you can't just do that you can't just drop that bomb on everybody you know right when you meet them You know, so I mean it's just it's it's weird it just it's but yeah it's I don't know
0: first of all I want to say thank you um thank you for thank you for your honesty thank you for sharing um you know as as you were sharing it made me think a lot about You know some of the things that i've gone through and some of the i mean they are they are dark (laughs) they are dark days as as my buddy uh coy if you're listening (laughs) coy uh um dark days dark days is what he would say (laughs) and though i don't know exactly right like i would never have you know never know exactly what you went through as you're sharing the, the the thing about grief itself I think for a long time it was like the hardest thing like like when it came to me thinking of like what, what is the thing that I that I struggle with it was for a long time it was grief being somebody like probably in their early 20s around that time maybe mid 20s even it's like I didn't I didn't no one ever asks for grief right it comes right and it, it comes in different ways for everybody, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, losing a grandparent, you know, when you're young, something that happens. I just had this conversation with my girlfriend the other night. Like, we weren't planning on talking about grief, right? But she called me up, and then one thing led to another, and I just wanted to be that, that ear, you know, that ear for her. Uh, at that moment she was she was talking about some things that happened in the past and then I think we were both talking about things you know that were happening in the past And so I had done a lot of work with you know the, the therapist and you know changed some things in my life and I was, I was already in Hong Kong and I was in this relationship and I was uh, uh, we lived together and I had a new job and you know new city maybe new clothes <laughs> right maybe new haircut <laughs> I was enjoying it I went to pick her up Cause she worked late. I remember going home, we just had this amazing dinner and then I got into bed and then all of a sudden I just woke up like crying. And I was like, huh, I don't, and I remember saying this to myself, like, I don't understand, I don't, I don't know why, but my body knew. <clears throat> my body, I didn't know this back then, I know this now, like the process of, of grief a little more. My body just wanted that moment of cathartic letting go. Just, just letting that thing, that, that tension go. But my mind was afraid of allowing my body to let go because I thought, oh, that, meant, that means I... I'm still thinking about it, you know, like I'm still holding on to it, like, like, you know, but then I was like, but I'm not holding on to it anymore. Like, it doesn't feel oh. this. It doesn't feel the same way. My girlfriend at that time. Just allowed me to cry in her in her arms. And, and she said, it's OK, I'm, I'm here. And, then, and I told Emily this the other night, I said, that was an example for me, like it planted a, a tool or a, a, a planted a seed or planted a tool for me for the rest of my life that at some point I might encounter that maybe for somebody else, just to be present, just to he- hear them cry, just to hear them shake, uh, let go. And then, and then it's, and then it's all good. And then go to, you know, like, I think I went to bed right after that. right. Yeah. But it's taught me a lot about just being present for somebody not even having to have the, you know, like she didn't know all the, all the history and backstory about what I was going through. She had an idea, but she, w- she knew she was meeting me at a different time in my life. But the fact that she was there and then flash forward years later when I was going through my divorce, actually with her, <laughs> when, I, <clears throat> when I was going through my divorce, I, I, I was still grieving. But because of what I went through, it's like I already had the tools myself. It was, it was, it's incredible. When I was in LA one night and I was talking to my mentor, I think we were just like grabbing a donut and coffee or something like that. He said something to me that gave me perspective on that thing that was still, uh, uh, as I told Emily the other night, it was like residue. Just a little bit, not a lot, but it, it, would, rise, it would rise to the surface every once in a while. And what he said to me from that point on, it relieves some more. So I'm pretty fascinated. Like, you know, like before grief was the thing that I was terrified of. Now I've embraced that growing up, like, 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 you know, as I get older, I'm going to be dealing with more. Right. Mom and dad, if you hear this, I'm still struggling with. How to how to live life without without them i yeah. mean it has it hasn't happened yet right but
1: right
0: the reality is, is settling and and yeah. I'm, again i'm trying to pull those principles that my mentor gave me that helped me uh buddhist uh philosophy about letting go about the time that you're with you know uh you don't need to attach yourself Right. the things that the moments that you had were beautiful but it's time to let it go. And and you don't need a reason. It's just how, it's just, it's just life. And so those things give me comfort. Those things let me know that I'm not, I'm nothing different than anyone else, but the people might not be able to relate exactly to my story, but things like grief, things like wanting, you know, being ready to lose, you know, my parents, those are conversations that might help uh, me uh, when I'm ready to have them. Right. You know, we've known each other since Metro, since Metro, I have always admired, like, how, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but, uh, vulnerable of a man you are, not many, not many men, and I, and I am kind of generalizing, so, you know, I apologize, you know, listeners, you have always made it easy, or made it, well, like, make me feel welcome to, say how I feel, talk about things that, you know, it's like, if I'm thinking it, I'm going to share it. Right. Right? I don't have to hold anything back. And I don't know if you're like that with other people or, or, you know, or it's just like us, I just see that in you. And I'm not sure if it's if you've always been like that, or if or it's something that's developed because of, uh, you know, what's what's happened to you, which is which is totally like part of it, right? Like, like the our narrative, right, makes right. us makes us who we are. But the reason why I point that out is because I think that's that's a that's a that's a major strength for you. And I don't I don't know if anyone has ever said that, but I just I love hearing your story because uh, I see how you've been able to persevere through it. But at the same time you're, you're, it's like, you're also balancing. Like, if I keep, if I keep the memory, uh, the memory box or memories, you know, like, is that, is that bad? Is that wrong? Right? Right. Is that, is that, am am I attached? Everybody grieves in different ways. And, and the thing is, is that can we allow somebody, can we respect somebody? Can we respect, can we empathize with, with their process? Right. And I think that's the challenge. So I just think that you, you have always made me feel comfortable in, in, in who I am. And I think that's just like a, you know, a strength of yours.
1: I actually appreciate that. And I consider that as well. I think most people, men especially, I think wouldn't consider that a strength, honestly. And I've seen it. I do think, I think a lot of it did change in me. I mean, I did a lot of growth through the grief so I can't, you know, so after, and I had a lot of, I've had, you know, it's weird how one bad night can, you know, define, you know, years, even and not in this instance, just things. I've had bad nights, you know, I've had times where the grief overtook me and, you know, I went and, and not even to use that as the scapegoat, but, but I've also learned, you know, through the growth of that, that really, you know, it's just about like, I have probably changed, I probably wasn't that way before. And so, I and I just think that again, yeah, I think like it's probably been a lot of growth, you know, not that I'm there, but so to allow people, but it's also changed the people that have come into my life. Like less people, a lot less people have come into my life, you know, over the years, but it's been more profound you know, impacts or relationships. And I've always been one of those to find the profound nature of anything in any interaction. You know, there's there's a reason for everything we do. Like, I just believe that everything is, you know, set up in some way. How or why I'll never be able to understand that. But I find it hard to believe that every step that we take there's not a reason for it or a purpose or a consequence or, or a reaction, whatever. So, you know, otherwise that's the only way, like for me, like talking about the parents and stuff like that, like, I feel that too. And I don't know, it's weird because I don't know if most people do, because that's what I, a lot of me can't understand how people go through, like even having just like a normal nine to five clock in clock out type existence like go to work go to happy hour you know like that's great in itself but like the I just don't the mentality is not mine like I'm feel like there's something more and you know and then nothing against that you know and we all have to do that but that is like that's why I've always tried to find You know, I've always been able to make it, you know, no matter what, I've always landed on my feet. Now, hopefully saying that out loud doesn't, you know, forever change it. But but so I'm not afraid to take real chances and to, you know, even just live them. You know, I don't even know how to explain it, but where most people I don't think have that, I guess that is, you know, and I am I've always been willing to allow other people to be like comfortable you know and I just so because I have always that's the weirdest thing about me too as much as it has changed me it's never really changed the core of me Mm -hmm. like I do worry and give care about other people's thoughts and opinions but when push comes to shove I always end up you know not you yeah it is just doing what I feel is the best thing to do and I mean I don't step on people or you know what I mean but it's kind of like a teeter-totter it's just like I'm always you know and I feel like that's one thing you kind of I've never really understood how people I always seem to be like judged based on my decisions you know I always hurt people's feelings somehow it seems like and never intentionally never you know in, in some of the ways that I never you know and I don't see that in other type of relationships I have seen things and I don't think people really do appreciate that though, or respect that I think in this machismo type of society I think you really got to be you know, and I mean, out here in like Nevada, and that especially in Arizona, you see it. It's like big truck after big truck after big truck, you know what I mean? So uh, that's, that's the manhood out here and, and the fancy dressing and the clubs and the drinking and the party, you know, which is something that was, you know, I think a lot of people probably would have thought that, you know, that would have been more my life, you know, attainment would have been down that path. But I just, there's nothing in that world that I see things totally different now, I mean, to be honest with you, and it did, it started at that real incident, but then it just did, it's evolved with growth and that's, that's all, and I'm not, and the worst part is, is it's still like not in our control like you can't just wake up tomorrow and be like well I want to be you know successful and go you know be a philanthropist and give and be rich and live in this place and no I mean there is still a reality to that and for some reason that type of mentality doesn't mesh up with the reality of you know you got to pay your bills and you got to live you know it's just it's it's kind of, I think most artists would tell you that same thing. That's why it's a starving artist. And that's why it's like, I think cause that mentality is different though too, you know, like you have to, you're dreaming of attaining something that most people it's so impossible for them to even fathom that they'll tell you they don't even want to do it. Like, like you've, we've all heard like every, almost every friend you have, growing up unless the ones that didn't like i i wouldn't want to be in movies i wouldn't want who wouldn't want i wouldn't want to be famous like that you know you're lying that's all you're you have this phony dream of you're going to take over the company that you're working in cubicle number 472 you know like you think you're going to work part and so i mean that is part of your but it's just everybody wants that lifestyle and that you know to be able to live not necessarily the profession, but just the control and the, the ability to, which, and the funny thing is, is those people will tell you that they don't have the control in their lives either. I mean, it's all managed and all, yeah, and other people are telling them, it's and so it's, it's this weird thing, but no, many people can get through life without digging into that. And I don't understand how that is. Like, my mind is always, like, spinning, trying to figure out, like, what the hell is the meaning to all this? I mean, that's the craziest thing of it all. And, like, my son, too. Like, that's one thing. Like, you know how they say, like, your name is said two times in the last, you know, the last, there's two times and it's never said again or whatever. How, you know, someone who says it and then the last person who or whatever, you know what I mean? um how does that thing
0: how
1: does that work? uh there's it's yeah. uh how does it go? i have it messed up now, but it's like it's
0: okay.
1: <laughs> it's two times your name, it's like the last time someone actually says it and then the last time someone thinks it maybe or something I don't remember but and then you're you're never like we were never you know what I mean? And so that was part of me too is I always wanted to have a place in history so they can look back, you know what I mean, and, and, uh, but, and that's thing, like, with my son, like, if I never thought of him, if I never, there wouldn't, nobody else would, I mean, his mom would probably be the only one, but it's not a memory, and that's how everyone eventually becomes, so, so, I mean, I do think it's important that, you know, we do keep, you know, I, I just, I don't know, but it's the whole thing, but I don't think people really, get that in depth i mean i i have had conversations but again it's it's a small percentage of people compared to the large and that's not even like going into like the the kardashian fans you know those you know just mindless people that just can my and nothing wrong with that it's it's crazy man i mean it's just in but for every like we saw with like you know say kyle rittenhouse or trump or you know even every bad guy nowadays has millions of followers and that's what's kind of messes with my head sometimes is now is the easiest time to make a name for yourself and the funny thing is it's exactly what i tr- like was trying to do when i was younger but the weird thing was was i sent hand thousand handwritten letters and emails and you know because we didn't have this easy access and this easy ability and that's the weird thing too is I have a lot of like good connections now that occasionally I try to tap into but I don't really I'm not prepared to do it you know it's just kind of a so and I still it's just and the the desire has gotten like less and less because I see that it's a cheaper pack You know what I mean? It's a weird, it's a weird thing. And and that's probably my curse is I've always like, it's always got to be challenging, challenging, challenging. And then if it's not, I kind of, it gets too easy. And then I lose my interest. Like I've never allowed myself to be successful. Mm -hmm. I've always achieved success in pretty much everything I've ever done. But then I get to a point and I just kind of back off because it's not, it's not, what I'm you know, comfortable with. I'm comfortable with the struggle and fighting, climbing up the ladder. I'm not comfortable at, at being close to the top because I just know that the people at the top, I can match up with them emotionally, intellectually, anything like that. Never been comfortable monetarily. Mm-hmm. I just, I have put myself and I think part of that is because I was always like the poor kid in like a rich school growing up and and not, not that anyone else ever really I don't think thought about it that way or looked at it that way but it was always ingrained in my head like just seeing the opportunities that other people waste that and you know I real and as I've gotten older I mean I look back and I've wasted my own opportunities so you know that I worked harder to get for you know but stuff like that but so I just never felt like I matched up. Cause then when you get into, you know, like the real thing in Hollywood, and so I mean, it's, there's people with real money and, you know, and then there's a bunch of real posers and stuff like that. So you kind of got to work, but I mean, so it's a, it's stupid to have that feeling because if you can do it, like the grassroots way and work here, I mean, like, that's the way to do it, but, and you should be proud of that, but it's just, it's, it's just weird, it's almost, it's just like the industry is, you know, because it's designed for many to fail and stuff, I think it just, you know, it just, it always gave me the feeling of, like, well, I could, you know, it's based off someone else, I could fail off someone else's perception or whatever, and I don't match up, and so I just never wanted to fully, to fully go, because I never really went, fully into it and that's on my regret in life because because i do think that was something that again like i think my story should have been told and it can only really be told by you know me probably Mm -hmm. but i do think it was a story that it was a in you know situation i went through to tell the story i mean the fact that i started writing after and and all that and I I did write a script on the story when I was younger and it's I mean it got you know good words at the time but you know I've never it's on a floppy disk I think Hmm. and I've never tried to transfer it over it's (laughs) not printed up you know so I mean but I do think the story like just needs to be told and I I think it's it's something but then again it doesn't though. I don't know. That's the weird thing too, because it's like, it doesn't. I mean, none of these stories, a lot of these stories don't need to be told, but there's a lot of things that, you know, people aren't really interested in that type of, you know, that's, you know, kids and babies and death. And that's not, you know, most people want, which is why I think, too, i'm totally but which is why i think too that like i've never this is actually quite therapeutic we should do this every week yeah
0: how about how about
1: every friday at 10 a.m i'm
0: I'm gonna send you the bill yeah you got it
1: dr Pete.
0: yeah I'm i'm glad
1: yeah i just i think like that's uh yeah, no, I'm done. I forgot where I was going. <laughs> I totally lost my chair of try. I
0: thought, uh, let me pose a question. So I think we should catch up the listeners a little bit.
1: Oh, my God. There's listeners. I forgot about
0: that. <laughs> so, yes, there are. <laughs> when we were when we were talking about uh, doing this, doing the podcast. Or doing an interview with you, you told me. Or maybe I saw a post, but then you told me but that but you actually telling me and me hearing your voice about you having a son. And I, I and when I heard that, like the cadence on your voice, the enthusiasm, the you were just so like youth, like youthful, right? How did you get yourself to that? I guess I'm asking you this is because maybe. There's listeners out there who are in that process of, you know, something just something, you know, difficult in their life happened. They're, I mean, I mean, maybe like me, you know, they 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 got de- they went into a depression, right? Hopefully, hopefully, they're working their, themselves through it. Um, uh, I mean, I'd like to say out of it but I don't know like I'm not I'm not like a I'm not like a very versed in uh talking about depression but I know for me I went through depression for sure but then my therapist and you know the, the people that loved me really helped me out and also my passions uh at that time you know like I ended up that's when I ended up making the documentary on my father and then uh I made I made uh, a short uh scooby-doo with no dog uh you know mini uh what do you call it web series but then after that i was like i'm done i'm gonna i'm gonna go to hong kong um and then that's where you know um but for you what what um what was what was your mindset as far as like uh because at some point you found yourselves in Nevada and now with a, your your family right so can you mm-hmm. you don't know, i mean however you want to but i'd love to mm-hmm. hear uh that way the audience has a little bit um i'm sorry the listeners have a uh cuz you mentioned uh your boy a few times and mm-hmm. i just wanted to you know uh clarify that for them uh, you know so they so they can follow your okay
1: first thing i would say is number one is grief what we've learned is grief is okay and two like nobody else like we've been talking nobody else is gonna understand your grief so you gotta like kind of put that into context for me honestly like i spent a lot of time holding like for me it started rough like dark i mean you remember like you said earlier and i was a handsome whatever gentlemen they're seeing this face to go along with that so they're probably thinking i'm like a 19 year old kid with a big hairy (laughs) face and so no i mean you know the way i mean this is like this is part of my like full transformation is is there was because i've had this you know pretty much for like 10 12 years now and so i was thinking but so i went from that happy just party kind of animal to to a bad like you know the other side of it where it was just a pathetic party animal you know to a degree but not most people didn't realize it either so but so I went down that path and you would slowly but I hold myself up and didn't really and worked on myself like the same thing like when you break up with someone like I'm the type of person that spends that time literally months a year if it has to be just rebuilding because you know everything takes like I'm such a passionate person I'm sure you are that everything you get into takes from you You know you take on a lot of you know probably empathic but take on some of that stuff and so it gets taken away so I mean we're talking a whole I mean, a giant hole in myself of who I was, who I thought I was, and who I really am. So it took like literally just, and again, I think it for me, it helped. And I did talk, I briefly went to therapy and stuff like that. I've never been on medication, which probably would have helped. Because again, the same thing too, is it was a different world back then especially for depression like people think you can't talk about it now oh shit now it's like out in your face and every commercial you know there's there's tons of medication and everybody's on it it seems like well back when you know we were i mean it was you couldn't even like going through what i went through some of the you know my you know would just call me schizophrenic and stuff like that you know just throw just things because they didn't understand what I was going through and stuff like you know just tremendous grief on a young thing so that's different too is because I was younger I think it, it took me a while more and then but it it went from you know seeing kids out in, in public and and really feeling sad I mean to know that you know my son and not knowing like what he would be like that was the biggest thing is the questions like what would be what you know to never know that and you know I had lots of opportunities to have another child you know let's put it that way and I just never really felt like I was comfortable enough or ready enough to be a dad and to put that full foot so I think that was part of it too and my son now, Radley, is, I mean, that has, that almost completely wiped whatever remaining grief was there, if there was, I mean, I hate to say it, but it almost wiped it out completely, like, because it's now, and I wish I would have done it a lot sooner, because I think, and it's weird to say that, I don't mean, like, don't go have kids if you're going oh. through grief, like, don't run out, you know, but, <laughs> But I think if I would have allowed myself, that was the thing. I finally allowed myself to open that door, uh, that possibility to even have a kid. And then he came and I saw the benefits and especially like it allowed me the chance to be a dad, to see how I am as a dad. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, I'm a, I'm a great dad, you know, and I really, I'm a caring and attentive dad which is it's a really weird paradox because when i look back on it says i spent a lot of time like i really work on myself and and have done a lot over the years i've spent a lot of cross country trips by myself and stuff but mm. but the weird thing is is when my my son Darren who passed away like if he would have lived he would have required massive amount of time. i mean he would have had cerebral palsy they said like he would have, he just would have had a lot of health issues all this stuff so like the young me probably wouldn't have even been able to handle that and i don't know and plus you know he was born you know in minnesota to you know me and his mom and so that relationship probably wouldn't have worked out I'm sure she's still up there, you know, so she would have stayed there, you know, raised him, whatever. I would have been chasing my dreams, you know, doing whatever. So it wasn't, you know, it never would have been a good situation. It could have been a really bad situation because I was young and not ready for it and immature. So understanding that, you know, has also kind of helped ease the burden because I mean, that's the thing too, is like we made the decision to pull my son off, you know, the rest of the ventilator and all the machines and that. So that's a guilt that, you know, not giving him, even though they told us, you know, he, that it was really bad and he wasn't going to be able to, you know, cause that's what his lungs ended up shutting down. And probably cause they took him off the ventilator too quickly in the first place that they then had to put him back on. But so then to to live with that guilt, to think like maybe there was a chance. You know, they told us it was like a 10% chance. Well, that, you know, maybe there was a chance, but they also encouraged us basically to do the 90% chance. You know, so it was like, and you're hearing that from doctors and stuff. So so that was tough to get over. But you know, I don't, I I don't, I just I spent a lot of time like working through it. I mean, like literally like you said. Releasing it and it just got easier over time. And talking about it, you know, I used to go give uh, you know, talks at schools and junior highs when I first started doing it. I don't think they realized how real (laughs) I was going to be to these young kids because you know, and I only knew how to do it, and I was younger anyway, so but. And so I think that did help, I think. And that's the thing. I think people that are depressed, people that are going through grief, I think, number one, you need to feel okay with the fact that, like you said, you can let it out and find reach out. That's the thing. Like, I never did that. Like, I honestly sometimes feel like it's kind of a miracle that I'm still here because I never reached out. And and even as vulnerable as you know you think or I I do feel a lot of times because I do feel like I'm open as well like I've never been in that regard where when I'm really needing someone where I can reach out like I'm not that guy at all like I and I so I do think for other people I think it's it's literally it's important I've been there for other people and I that's where I get my strength and has helped me to go through and that's what I think like as you know I was a much different person I mean like the beard the you know the laid back and I think that's the change is I do see like I've gotten nicer (laughs) and more you know you know just respect respectful towards people in general where I actually now I consider everything like back then And, and I think that's there's two kinds of people in this world and there's people that do and there's people that don't most people are out there not you know and it's little just little things of you know in your car in the parking lot to just cheating on you for 10 years you know what I mean having a family. there's just there's little aspects but so it's understanding too that other people like I said just for me that was kind of always it is it came to a point where it was like because I used to try to express it to everybody too and I never felt comfortable with the way that it would come out you know because then it came out. but and so then you gotta just like for me one of the main things is understanding that it's it's not for other people to accept and it's okay like it's okay to have grief it's okay like we're talking like that's thing too if i'm basing my grief off what you think my grief should be i'm never getting through that you know what i mean and that's kind of what it was it was learning that that this is my grief if if someone else is going through and like i will respect your grief too you know that's the thing because again like that's where people think it's it's been like a a a cross so to speak or whatever for me as well like I think people think like if I tell them my story they feel like their story like I feel like because my story has impacted me so much that I feel like your story is lesser I've never felt that. I feel like my grief is pretty tough, but everybody's grief is tough. I know lots of people that I feel like I don't match up to them. Their life has been way harder. You know, mine is something that, but, and so that's what you have. Like it's respecting everyone else's and, and understanding that you can't base yourself off other people. So, so it's been hard though. Cause I think people think that like I try to, or I may be diminishing their, their grief when I'm not, I actually understand that everybody's grief is grief. That's it. It's traumatic, you know, it's grief for yourself and you're you're as strong as what you go through. And, you know, everybody's pretty damn strong in my book for, you know, surviving through what we're going through right now. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. This, the world has changed immensely. And we're all dealing with grief and we're all dealing with and it's just it's it's manifesting itself, I think, in, in many different ways from every angle, you know, from all these, but so and it's I do think we're in some dark times. I don't know. But so again, there we go down and just keep going, but
0: <laughs> I, I I appreciate all you've shared today, because there's a part of me that, that, that's been feeling like lost. But at the same time, there's this other part of me that's been feeling like, like a lot of growth. Right. But the lost kind of like sometimes gets loud. And so, like, for example, I never had an anxiety attack before. So I went when I went through all these symptoms, articles say like, you know, you feel like you're having a heart attack. For a while, it was really like humbling Because I thought like, well, I'm, I've been practicing, you know, taking so much time working on, you know, my, you know, like meditation, breathing, calming down, my martial arts, my boxing, yoga. And then here I go have an anxiety attack. And I'm like, dang, like, I'm not good at this thing, you know? And then, and then I realized like, no, if you, if you like give, if you're not so hard on yourself, it's actually like leveling up. (laughs) like i like my like emily she likes to say like level up because i had the anxiety attack i mean i'm grateful that that i was able to overcome or you know survive or whatever because i've made the choice now like i never want that i don't if i can i don't want that to happen again so i've been learning these different things and even in the hospital the the um the doctor taught me he goes do you know box breathing and i was like no and then he taught me Uh, so listeners or or Ricky, I'll just, you know, real quick. (laughs) So box breathing is like, um, like you're like, you're making a square or rectangle and you're like, uh, breathe in, uh, hold it, breathe out and then relax and then do it all over. Right. And then you do that to to calm. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, thanks doctor. Like I, I never, I never knew that. So whenever you're having, you know, anxiety, try that a couple of days after, you know, being, being in the hospital, I woke up and I had, I had a little, a little, a little, a little one. I tried the box breathing and it, and it, 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 it started helping, but my mind would start going into those places. It would wander. I told myself, I said, well, first of all, now I have the information from that experience. I can get past this, but how? So what I did was I remembered something that related to me so well that I actually, light that i actually loved we used to work on close range clench boxing and and then how you create a little space whether it's a you know checking with the with your elbow whether it's um put a shelf just to get a couple inches and you can get angles but you have to take the hit you have to feel that pressure let's let's go back to that time when you felt that pressure but you felt you learned you trained to feel good about that pressure so that, that evening, it was, like, it was like, I was half asleep, but not, but I was like feeling my heart rate you know, beat. And then I was like, okay, well, the first thing I got to do is I got to let my body submit. I got to relax because only then can I be in tune with my surroundings. And then, oh man, oh, it hurts. You know, oh man, like, oh, there's the liver, spleen, liver, spleen, right? And then, ah, okay, we're going we're gonna to be all right boom, boom, boom. Right. Create that space. I had found my own process. I just been feeling, and I think a lot of it is because of COVID. The world is not how we grew up. Assuming it is the optimistic side of me, you know, that comes out is like, that's teaching me not to attach myself, not to, not to be attached to how I used to look at things. Because if life is always constantly changing, that's why not attaching yourself to anything, right, is helpful. Um, Easier said than done. When we don't attach ourselves to, to, to the thing, we have room for something new or a different process or an option and that gives me hope, but it still doesn't always answer my questions. Finding, you know, s- strategically ways of surviving, of, of living. I don't know if it was my sister or my siblings uh, said in, in my Courageous Conversation group, but they said, uh, we need to give ourselves more grace, right? And so I always remember, remember that. Like, no matter what, I have to give myself grace. And I think uh, the conversation that, that we've been, that we've had in here today, how you've been able to continue, how you've been able to, to, to grow, to learn, to, uh, live is you've also given yourself opportunities, like, you know, of grace, whether it was like, man, that, that, that time period in my life was really shitty (laughs) or that person, what they did, you know, was really shitty. Um, Or maybe what I did was really shitty, but you give yourself grace. So there's room, there's space for something else. Right. Right. Cause if you don't, you just lock it in and you're stuck and you're what it is, is you're attached to the way you're attached to that, 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 that thing that was in your past. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying like, um, like a like it's a one and done type of a thing i mean it's constant right. it's constant work but you know i think that's that is the work i was yeah. listening i was listening to a youtube uh i was watching and listening to a youtube and uh the guy was talking about how he was giving uh, advice he's a doctor and he's giving advice on how we can train our minds how we can train the brain because somebody had written in and They were saying that um, they're motivated to do some things and they were not motivated to do some things. But the things that they were motivated to do were the things that were unhealthy. The doctor wasn't shaming him or anything like that, but he was, you could definitely tell the doctor was like, you gotta, you you know, do do you want to get better, right? So what was cool was the doctor gave him, like he actually spent like, I think a half an hour writing in. The very first thing he said was, get your sleep back. He said, that's the main thing. And then yeah. from that point on, he went into like the food and he actually gave a recipe. And then, you know, and then he gave other things. It's just like a nice list. Ever since I got COVID, I've been trying to get myself back to do, to having that mindset again. But it's been very challenging. Yeah. But you, yeah, you see like the connection though. It's like, right. maybe I have been feeling lost and I just needed to get another perspective of like, you know, this is the world that we live in and it's okay to not, not be clear about things. This goes back to, not goes back, but this is something I wanted to bring up was fulfillment. When you find the thing aligns with who you are and that thing brings you fulfillment. Some people call it your purpose. Some people aren't comfortable with hearing that word, your purpose. So what is that thing? But I want it to align with who I am naturally, whether it's a mission, whether it's a whether it's a goal, whether it's a task, or whether it's a whatever. I used to question myself a lot about the about the film thing, about the, you know, I even took an acting class. It was an eight-week class. This was in Burbank. You know, I always had this like, yeah, I want to do films more. I want to do films more. And then I, I took that acting class because I was like, I'm gonna, I need to find out. I worked hard, probably worked the first two weeks.
1: <laughs> and then
0: <laughs> by week three, I was like, I don't know if I really wow, what is it? Like, why don't I wanna work hard at reading this, you know, uh, the science? I had a flashback of when I loved it at MCTC, um, the theater, you know, like I was like kicking ass, you know, like in that theater program, like I was like loving every moment of it. And then even in Hong Kong, when I was like, you know, doing like being on film sets, why was it right now? And here I am amongst these other hungry actors, You know, they're grinding it out. They, you know, some of them are on on sets, you know, like, they already got a gig lined up. And I'm like, hmm, I kind of just want to not do this. Yeah. (laughs) But I was fighting it. I I was still fighting it. I was like, come on, Pete, you're just scared. Like, you don't want to. Yeah, I think I am scared, but something is pulling me in a different direction. Right. I can't, I can't be that person that I used to was anymore because it's not enough anymore. I have to be who I am and I want that to be enough. In my group one time, I said, you know, what brings you fulfillment? And I remember one of my uh, my friends because it was just friends and family in that group. <laughs> um, the, the friend was like, my kids when she said that at first part of me was like okay but then what (laughs) i was like yeah yeah i know yeah okay your mom your kids you're there for them i get it but what is really bringing you fulfillment and then but then it was like okay hold on pete maybe you just need to listen and 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 hold hold space as she's as she's opening up and sharing about what what brings her fulfillment you're talking about renovating this house It's not just for your kids. You putting up that curtain, that's not for your kids. You don't have to answer this. But I'd like to ask you, if I can, (laughs) what do you think at this point in your life, based on all your experiences, based on the, the ups and downs, left, rights, inside, out, at this point in your life, what brings you fulfillment? I know it's a heavy one. I know. Yeah.
1: Well, I would just say my kids. <laughs> but, no, I mean, uh, it's, it's being a dad is mm-hmm. my, I mean, that's, and that was something that again, I always felt was kind of taken away from me. And I didn't, you know, the, the questions never knowing, but so I've, I waited. you know, it was a long time to feel it. so, and I do feel like there's nothing, there really is nothing better in my world anyways than being able to provide for my son, teaching my son, seeing like, you know, I mean, we're we're going through like he just, you know he's three months into four but uh you know he just got into school it's the second week of school and I never thought this teacher has come out and commended his reading because my son can like read I taught him how to read already and he's like but but came out and like just hearing stuff like that I never imagined that type of you know pride and mm-hmm. um but it's just knowing that again, like my fulfillment has just always been like, I'm a simple, I am pretty simple. You know, I want money, I want fame, but you know, when it comes down to it, I'm a very simple guy. And like, so it is like being able to just know that no matter what, like that I've always stepped up to any challenge I've ever come. Like I know my own character and be damned everyone else, honestly. And not in the sense that like, you know, but so I've always been just like, literally, that's just knowing that I'm always gonna rise to any occasion that I need to. And my son, like there's a legacy. Like that's the thing, like you were saying a little bit ago, um, and my, my friend from up in Minnesota, he's been Challenging me on that a lot lately too is like, what is your legacy? And it is true. Like, again, going back to what we were talking before, where, you know, your your name only goes so far, and your memory and everything else. So I mean, it's like the legacy that you live behind. And like, I always thought it would be much bigger based on you know how my early years went, my what I thought, and it could still be whatever. But I mean, I used to have like visions of running for president someday. I mean, I was that all-American. I was that all-American boy, man. Now, even with Trump, I still can't <laughs> do it. It's, it's still, that path's burn for me. But, those were real possibilities, I think, too. I could have went, I mean, I don't think I would have ever been, pre- but I mean, like, down those, any path, I think, I, it was all open and available. And uh, so now it's not as much. You know, I mean, obviously the reality of it all. So that really is where I find, I mean, like knowing I want to know that my son, because that's the biggest, weirdest thing. I always thought like my biggest fear when my when Radley was born would be like, you know, losing him like my others, you know, because my son died. So I thought my biggest fear is him being without me losing me before he should you know like before i mean like he should be able to because you just don't know i want to raise him i want to i want to know that i'm putting the good because he's he will like they're all little humans you know what i mean they're gonna grow up and be us you know and try to navigate through the challenges i mean that's thing it's like and that's what i learned too from from everything is just just everybody has like I said their own grief and maybe like when I was younger like well that's you really care about that you know that's what you're worried but it's like you just it's we're all in this thing which the craziest thing about it all is none of it means anything no matter what you do it really means nothing if there's an afterlife if there's something that goes for eternity whatever that's a different story i guess but it does the minute you leave this earth it doesn't matter if you have made a legacy Hmm. i mean it really doesn't eventually that'll be gone eventually the new if the world keeps spinning and generations keep coming in and it's going to be less and less like Look at this Jake Paul generation. I mean, we're one generation away from Martin Luther King not even being known anymore. You know what I mean? Like these, the world is turning towards every kid having the phone in their face at the age of three. I mean, my son, his mom got him hooked. I, like them too. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all changing. It's changing our brains. And so, I mean, and that's the weirdest thing is that's what, it's just, it's weird that there is no, it doesn't matter, but it matters to the people you are surrounded by. And that's that's your legacy. I mean, just having it go on and hopefully go on and on and being that type of person. So, I mean, it really is. It's a weird question to ask me because I can find the reason for nothing and everything. I can find the reason. Yeah, you know, I used to be, the, and I can still, but, but it's just bizarre when you put it in that that term but so it it really does to me i mean there's not much else and i could be doing it wrong right now that's the thing like i could be doing it all wrong and maybe that's the problem but mm. i just there to me once my dude came into the world like it just it became you know i'm gonna do anything i can to lead that kid and that's you know probably not my fulfillment i guess but there's not much else that beats that though that's the thing like there's not much else that really does make my heart happy you know what i mean like there's little things but like but like i don't get into like tv shows anymore i don't have anything you know like i don't have you know it's, it's just weird i don't have podcasts i don't listen to podcasts i don't i i wish i could i don't know where people find all this time I really don't to go on social media and stuff like that. Like I go out, I'll, I'll put a post on Facebook and that's, you know, and I think people think it's crazy. It'll take me 10 minutes to write up, you know, I think I'm a writer, but it's like, I don't know where people find this time. I have no time. I don't know. I don't, and I don't do anything. Like I'm not like, so, you know, immersed in a million different things. I'm just living life, you know, normally, but uh, I just don't know where people find all this time, man. And it's, it is, I mean, it's, it's good. It's probably, there's probably a lot smarter people out there now and more, you know, educated. It's just changed. It's changed the whole world. I mean, it it is for me. I'm one that I love. Like, I love the internet. I love how it has, like, it's brought, you know, knowledge, information. But I'm also one that understands that that information is, you know, it's not all encompassing it's not all like you know you have to know exactly how to look and search and a lot of these people are I don't know where I'm going with that now but (laughs) but so I mean I just it's just yeah I mean that's I don't know
0: no Uh, what is
1: your what would your answer be to that
0: Uh, when I was designing the first chapter in my book I kept on coming back to the thing that I want people to realize or, or start off with is, and it's knowing your story. If we take the time to know who we are uh, up to this point, like if we can actually look at those things that hurt us, look at those things that we didn't like about ourselves for whatever reason, uh, and some, uh, lots of the things could have been things that were done to us. Right. Right, like the the sad thing is a lot of the trauma is something in our childhood that we had no say, no control. And then it became our programming until at some, hopefully at some point someone said, you don't have to be like that. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to hold yourself to that thought. But some people never get that, some people never get that exposure. And I just, I'm grateful that I met my mentor I just watched how he lived his life and I was like I want that. I want to be able to say how I feel. I want to be able to to be who I am. I don't want to feel shameful. I don't I don't want to I don't I don't want to be afraid. I I don't even want to like know all the answers. Right. I just want to be in this moment <laughs> but the very best me. And the only person that can determine that that definition is me. For such a long time, I didn't have that. For such a long time, I had so many thoughts of what other people were thinking, what society was feeding. You know, it's kind of like like you know, like Fight Club. I needed the Tyler Durden. You know, not not to, not to right. say not to say mm. not to say Orpheus is Tyler Durden because <laughs> right. it's not it's not like that. It's not like that. I needed to find the Tyler Durden in myself, the the person that gave myself permission to say, "Fuck it, be that person." right stop listening to the the, those voices in you that are telling you that you can't do something or you can't be something or even like with with dating um and i think this is going to be my second book is talking about um talking about like growing up in the midwest as a chinese american and how that factored into my uh i want to say masculinity but but not just masculinity but like like just like being a man, the trauma that I experienced from not knowing that I could be, I could just be myself. Right. Right. Instead, I was always trying to fit in a mold. Right. And then either I was trying to fit in a mold that society was, was you know, offering, or I was feeling ashamed of the right. mold that I saw other men like my examples I was ashamed of them right and that's and that's not fair I, and I had to learn to love them for who they are and you know nothing that they did was wrong it's just I needed something else right you know because <laughs> I like this side of me that that isn't afraid to go to, to <laughs> like it's weird it's like I don't want to go to war but I like having these skills that I, that, that, that I can, that I can fight. Right. But I'm a very peaceful person. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, like I love people, but I also like it that I don't mind getting hurt. Right. Because I think for a very long time, I was taught if it hurts, run away from it. Right. If if it's if if it's gonna hurt you, don't nah, You don't want that to happen to you. You don't want that. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's like
0: it's like we can't live life like that. So boxing yeah. taught me. Like all you gotta do is just watch a fight, and it's like, wow, why are they getting punched? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like nobody can <laughs> not get punched. Right. Now, if you're Floyd Mayweather uh, Junior., you can yeah. you can yeah. you can avoid many punches. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, 51 and 0, baby. Yeah,
0: exactly. So to go back to answer your question, I want people to be authentic because I don't want people to fear for their lives, fear, fear themselves, fear, feel any shame because we all deal with trauma. Right. But what's what's life like when we... When we allow ourselves to get past those things that hurt us what does that look like i'm not mentoring them but i want to i want to i want to say that i'm mentoring them but i got some like young uh young young men that i that i talk to every you know once in a while and and uh, and some of them are asian so you know we relate in that sense specifically and we talk sometimes about you know like um you know like about dating I understand what there's like feeling, but I'm, some, I'm, I'm somewhere different now. If you wanna have those connections with somebody, whether it's sexual or non-sexual, you know, intimacy. If you wanna have fun, if you wanna have a uh, kind c- c- communication with somebody, if that's what you want, then go get it. And this is the thing that took me the longest to learn. <laughs> Just be yourself. I'm gonna be myself and I'm gonna love myself. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my I'm gonna show you the best me that I can, meaning, meaning me. I'm not gonna try to be something that I'm not. And you're gonna either accept it or you're not. Right. If you accept it, maybe there's a maybe there's a, another date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um if not, then respectfully we'll, we'll 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 part, but you're not gonna ghost me. Right. Right. Cause i used to would take those things so personally even even up to before i left la right i took it so personally until one one night uh a friend from minnesota was on facebook and i messaged him i said you know i'm going through this thing and this happened tonight and i just feel i just feel like like i'm just never gonna have like uh and all i wanted was a connection with a with a with a female like I had with the with the guys right you know I just wanted that I wanted to be myself I wanted to show them this is this is Pete Wong and then my my friend uh, Danny said you just got to hang in there Pete you just got to hang in there because you're really special and it's going to take someone really special to see that and they have to not be afraid of it right and I'm like okay but what else yeah. <laughs> So, but then the pandemic happened and then I started doing things, you know, obviously for myself, like I was cooking, you know, making meals for myself, exercising. And I was like, huh, I would love to cook this meal one day with my girlfriend. And here we are. When I started dating Emily, she got me right away and it's worked. We love each other. We care about each other. She loves cooking. I truly believe like Muhammad Ali Like Orpheus used to say, when we, when we, when we sparred, when we trained, he'd say, you're the champ, you're the champ. And I'd be like, who's he talking to? (laughs) How, like, how am I the champ? Like, like champ is somebody like big and like muscular, right? Like me, like I'm, I'm Asian, I'm I'm scrawny, you know? And it's like, no, 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 get that out of your narrative. Get that out, get that out. Otherwise you're never going to give yourself a chance. Get that out, you know? And what it is, is authenticity. I need to show up in my authentic self because that's going to be my best self. So I want other people to do the same and I want to create spaces where they can be the same. I want to give them opportunities where they can learn how to do that. What, what you do with that information is up to you. Like, I'm not, I don't, I can't coach you, to, you know, through a career path, but right. I want you to live your life not feeling ashamed of your pain and that brings me so much fulfillment you know and like i do that with every everybody you know like and maybe that's why i'm working with kids you know maybe 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 like the timeline or whatever said here you go right you're working with kids again but you're gonna show them how to be their authentic self in sixth grade
1: (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) that i mean but maybe that is the start but yeah that is uh that's great man actually that is a and that's that's strong not to be ashamed of your pain like that's the thing lots of people are That's that's just it's you grew like that was your growth too and feeling comfortable enough and knowing what you wanted and knowing that you have to not accept less and go for what you want and find that you know like before that's kind of how I felt and. I felt it in dating before, but I felt it in my Hollywood writing, whatever, but desperation almost, you know, when you're just trying to make a connection that it's almost, it comes across, like you said, it's not authentic. Like in people, I don't know if they just don't embrace, you know what I mean? Like it comes, cause I don't know if it really comes across like that. Cause I also think too, that sometimes that is being authentic though and putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way or even trying to make a connection and even putting it out there like that's you were doing it for like legitimately like good reasons you know like legitimate to to improve yourself to improve other people stuff like that like and it's weird those people that weren't responding or weren't receptive again just not like not for that you know what i mean it's just it all works out and that's the weird thing and now look at now you found emily which literally is probably been i mean i'm sure you would say probably one of the greatest things if not the greatest thing you know that's ever you know that's ever happened for you and worked out for you really given you it seems like i mean literally you're comfortable and that's what like based on your past like you were saying that's one of the most important things you've ever really been looking for in your life is comfort to be comfortable in your own skin. And that's where I'm like the, almost the opposite. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less comfortable because, you know, the, and and not, I don't know, weird in a different way, I guess. Cause I'm also more comfortable in the sense of like, I will protect my own and my like more than I ever would in the past. And I used to be an alpha male, whatever, but now I literally know the, like, you know, I'm, I'm here to protect like my son, like there's no one else that's going to lead him. You know, it's kind of a different thing, but I do feel in a lot of ways, like, and I've, I've said this for years, like I almost though, when I was dealing with my son, Darren, who passed with and then after, I almost felt like, in that period, I was more of a grown man because I was trying to fight and trying to match up everybody else's expectations. Mm. so, in society's eyes, you know I had a well paying job I, you know did I was doing all that stuff, living it you all know, buying house this doesn't that and now it's the opposite now I could care less about any of that shit, but I'm also more in tune with like i just know like what i'm comfortable what i want now it's easier said than done i mean it's easier saying than doing so sometimes it doesn't match up you know with but but i know it you know what i mean i know what i want i'm willing to take so um yeah i mean that's just that i think it's great man and i think literally like even hearing you like and seeing your growth and development as like a not a fighter but a fighter over you know seeing your posts over the years and watch when you got into it that like that is like that's something to be commended in that I respect you for because like those those are good positive changes that you've made to literally get yourself to this point to grow like you were in a dark place and have risen above that and instead, you know, and not just risen above, but you've you've used it to your benefit and allowed yourself, like you said, no uh no shame in your pain. Like that is it's great. I mean you have learned to almost I don't want to say master it, but but like literally so it's working out. So that's what I would say like you're a healthy individual. You know, which is kind of weird, you know what I mean? But in this society of unhealthy people, and that's the thing, is sometimes I would lose sight of that for myself because the unhealthy people attack you and are going to try to make you feel unhealthy because that makes their unhealthiness okay. And they can understand and embrace what they don't understand. Um, But so, I mean, that's just... I think that's very commendable and I think it shows your growth like that's part of it man and that's and it's you know not to say that you were so far off back in the day but it's just you can literally see it and hear it and even this like your podcast and stuff like that like you're doing the things that you want to do that are bringing you that fulfillment as you're saying I mean not that this is all but but I mean it's part of it. like you're doing all the proper things like I commend you for that, man. I wish I, I wish I, and I, and I, and I this is going to be a good, a good experience that I'm going to build on as well. Cause I've kind of gotten out of that. You know, I'm, I just give God, like I'm old. Well, I am a year older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but You just, you kind of, you know, you just, I've lost, I, I've hit, you know, I've hit that, that thing. So this was important for me too. Like, I think that's why too, we finally did get to actually connect in that because I think before in the past, I was a little too, I was scared. You know, I was more scared to do it and wasn't really, you know, even now, like, good luck editing this, buddy. <laughs> but,
0: I know, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm just going to put make,
1: it. <laughs> but i mean, been to to make it something someone wants to, we'll have to have a follow-up where we talk successes and yeah. what, you know, the good things that we've gone through and achieved in this and that. And like, because I think that's important too, but it it is weird. Like, I don't, it just seems just this whole thing is just weird, man. I just, I give you props. I want to do something like this. Even yeah. if it would help my business, like my sports handicapping. If I did a show about sport, even that, but I just, I've never found the ability to feel comfortable doing this. You know what I mean? Like
0: if I end up moving out there, we can we can support each other as far as like, you know, all I need is just the the opportunity. You can be quiet and maybe affect a, you know a few people or nobody. <clears throat> or you can get loud and proud. And you don't know how many people you can impact. Right.
1: right.
0: And, it, and, it, and to me, it's not a numbers thing, but it's more, it's more the fact that people need it. And right. if that's what brings you fulfillment, why aren't you doing it? Right. There's a saying out there about, um, not being small, not living your life small because there's people who need, they need your gifts. Right. And that's always like stuck with me. Like, oh, I know, I know. Gosh, you know, like, oh, it's a good quote. I know. I love that you brought that up, um, you know, with your company, with your business, because I was thinking about that, too. I was like, wow, like. If, if I get out there, maybe this could be a thing where because because I like sports, too, you know, and I think I think yeah. sports have so much we can so much we can learn about life. But,
1: oh, yeah.
0: I, but I'm one of those people that's also sports alone cannot cannot be life, right? Just like martial arts alone cannot be life, right? Because it won't teach me how to hang in there when I'm dealing with trying to work through like my relationship. You know, when triggers come up, I got to be present. I can't be thinking about the game, and I can't be you know. Right. I got to be full present. And 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 so going back to what you shared about your fulfillment. I commend you for whatever reason it, it 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 makes you who you are you know thank you thank you for for being truthful to to answering that question i do five questions with my guests okay right. these are five random questions okay what is your favorite animal and why
1: ah uh. Oh, uh, actually, I've always been a giraffe or a zebra. My two, I have two that are up there, and really don't know why otherwise. I was just fascinated by both their color patterns when I was a kid my whole life. But I recently I lived next to the lion habitat out here, and uh, we went and recently got some facts about giraffes. There's one giraffe that lives there, Ozzy. That's been there for a while, and they're actually pretty amazing creatures. So I'd have to say a giraffe now, but it's pretty amazing. They only sleep like uh, I think it's like five minutes a day. (laughs) They can actually stomp a lion; they stomp lions to death, and that which I never would have known. They're incredibly smart. They're one of the smartest uh, creatures out there. Yeah, it's actually so like giraffes, I guess. But yeah, some interesting factoids.
0: That is listeners if, if you didn't know that oh my gosh like i because their legs are really
1: yeah i never would have thought but lion yeah that's bit, the lions are afraid of them
0: because they will
1: stomp them i guess as i never would have thought that
0: that is awesome I, i'm excited to share that with someone tonight <laughs> okay um or or quiz somebody on the street no if um, you
1: move out here if you come out this way we'll take you to the lion habitat you'll learn that yourself right?
0: I like lions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. What is your favorite food or meal?
1: Uh, it's got to be like uh, taquitos. I'm like a taquito. It'd be like I am literally. I love Mexican food. I just I could eat Mexican food all the time. Whenever Chipotle is my favorite fast food. Anything I make here, it's nachos, taquitos. You know, I really like that. I've always been. That's just my food.
0: I I, yeah. I like Mexican food too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. really good. <laughs> have you have you seen um Trevor Noah's uh bit on tacos? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll so have to check it out. So the whole thing is on Netflix. It's the son of Patricia. Okay. Okay. You should wa- like watch. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole standup. Um, but the YouTube leaves out some stuff of his taco bit. Oh, really? You can watch it on YouTube, Taco, Trevor Noah. It's hilarious. But if you watch the show, the standup, you catch it all. And then he brings it <laughs> back. He brings it back at the end. <laughs>
1: All right. No. I'll yeah, tell you, I, I do like him. I have seen some of his stand up, but I, yeah, I'd love to check that out.
0: Awesome. Let me know what you think about the topics. Okay. Um. Right. Third one. All right. So what it,
1: can I ask you? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite food? Then? What, oh, what, okay. whoa!
0: He's turning it around. Okay. All right. All flip right.
1: it around. Yeah. Got Gotta good. You know, oh, interesting to know.
0: Okay. Let me think. Okay. So it used to be. Because I feel like I'm changing uh, again. But I'll just say the, the one that it has been. Um, so I like a, it's either, it, it, it will say Vietnamese, but it can be Thai as well. But I like a Vietnamese yellow curry with not rice, but baguette. Cause there used to be this restaurant that we would go to in uh after after fight church after training and it was a Vietnamese restaurant and um we would go there and my buddy introduced me to this meal and it would and they'd always take forever to cook it so everyone's food would be out they'd be eating it and they're like where's yours And i'm like you know like it's coming <laughs> right and then and then my buddy taught me to get it with the bread and they make the bread fresh and then it's like ah oh, you know it just it's just it just uh nourishes me and it, it it savor it and um you know it satiates me i guess you could say um nice but i think now i'm leaning into like like indian food because i want i want yeah. my palate to be more complex
1: yeah
0: i want to be like yeah uh somebody asked me what's your dream and uh when we we're in la my buddy henry he was in the car and he said what's your dream and i just shouted out i said i want to be like anthony bourdain right. but not cooking i want to help people like heal right. so i just i, I you know i want to travel and i want to like get yeah. get different different kind of foods so All right. yeah Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks for asking the question. All right. Um, Since we've been talking about Nevada, what's one thing when I get out there, I'm going to have to do or Emily and I are going to have to do besides just hanging out and kicking it with you.
1: (laughs) You got to go see Ozzy at the uh, lion habitat. I just told you that, but Yeah, no, there's a there's a cool place out here that not many people know about. I mean, there's lots of things you'd have to do like that. that I would definitely recommend like there's a but one cool thing is uh, there's a place called the Wheel of Misfortune out here and it's off the path a little bit um it's like like 20 miles out a little bit and it's literally someone went made it's a bunch of like I don't even know what they are they're just giant like holes that have been like they have concrete in and stuff but now it's invaded with like graffiti there's tons of just brilliant pieces and all this stuff but someone went out and made a wheel of fortune in the middle of the desert here somewhere and it's like but it's the wheel of misfortune which it's all run down now but we've taken the kids out there a couple times and it's just cool to go out there and check out and like to see and you hang out like we've been out there they were filming stuff out there but I mean I don't know if that would be the one thing there's so many things there's so many things here that that even I haven't done yet like i haven't been to mount charleston yet which they have snow on right now so that's only like 25 30 minutes away haven't been there there's i mean there's just it's literally so much stuff to do that it's just i mean like i said i love it but it's outdoors outdoors 24 7 like that's that's the thing there's like parks even just like that's one thing i've been doing with my son lately is taking him to different parks because i've Mm. been driving around a lot so i see all these parks and you know nicer neighborhoods Some not so nice but and i've just been keeping track of him and trying to take him and it's just like there's just so much to do outdoors here that i've never really noticed in places like phoenix when i live there and stuff like that i'm Mm. sure they have it all too but so that's what kind of puts us over the top too i think but awesome. yeah, there's there's a lot I, I could give you a list, man.
0: Oh, that's great. What's a what's a sound that annoys you? I
1: don't know if it's really a sound that annoys me. It kind of, is, I don't know, but I hate when I'm saying something. I hate when someone interrupts you to go, huh? Like you're <laughs> not even finished saying the whole sentence. <laughs> And they're already like, huh? like right off the second word. Like, that literally is my chalkboard. Nails on the chalkboard. Like, it makes me cringe. I don't really have a lot of sounds that make me cringe or anything like that, but that does every single time.
0: So, huh? And I
1: probably do it. I probably do it a lot, too. I probably uh, <laughs> It's, like, unintentional. I don't know. But that literally is the one thing that I just, it just irks me.
0: Is there, so, is there is there particular people that do that you don't have to name them but
1: yeah there's a few people in my (laughs) life that i that i've met that do that often and i have strangers too like it'll even be when i overhear a conversation like it's just if i hear someone interrupts someone saying something to ask them what they're saying i always just want to be like just let him finish the sentence b like come on like maybe maybe you'll catch it on the last <laughs> couple words like it just drives me nuts i don't know oh, how
0: good.
1: about you you got a, you got one for that one
0: i don't think i could ever live by a train oh yeah maybe my ears are really sensitive to sound now because i train them to be but like yeah. <laughs> it's like oh somebody dropped a pin no um but like i love nature but and i don't mind trains but i could never um i'm thinking of that scene in seven uh right like like they're talking like and it's like oh it's just the train it's just the train no I, i i couldn't do that What is something that you'd like to share with the listeners uh, before we go?
1: It's a question like that that gets me, man. I I would just, uh, I mean, based on what we've been talking about, like, uh, just would say, it's, yeah, I mean, i just say, like you said, I mean, just, just don't give up no matter what. I don't know what else. I mean, I don't, just that, that would be the, no matter what you just always got to keep fighting and keep going because the this is it like this is it like i think too many people think this is all like a game and don't look at things in that context like it is and it's hard to do i understand it but just if you're fighting if you're struggling reach out don't give up keep going even if you're uh, a football coach i forget where he was from but he was like a National coach, he had won a couple titles. He came in when I was selling cars. He came in and gave us a speech one time. They had hired him in, and, but his he just looked at us and was telling us the story, but said even when you're on top, you know, pedal downhill, like you know. And I always, I always took that like never give up, never stop, just always keep going. And even when you're cruising, you know, you got to keep pedaling. Like, that's how I've always looked at it. We're all doing all right, too. That's what I think. As long as you're not out there, not wearing masks, (laughs) not vaccinated, as long as you're doing productive things for this society, not hanging out, not arguing for Kyle Rittenhouse or Donald Trump or any of the stupid Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these stupid people, then you're on the right path. But I really, like, just we need to get back to, like, the, the, the insane has become the sane now. And that's the thing. Like, we need to flip it back around. And we need to have character and backbone in this country. And that, that includes us, too, standing up to all these people and not letting it slide by. That's the thing, too. Like, there is a right and a wrong. Like you know, and there's a black and a white, and we bring all this gray into it. We just need to go back to right and wrong, and like Mm -hmm. I think we'll be all right. But if we don't, I think we're all in for some trouble, man. It's I've never seen the world (laughs) so crazy on a day to day. You know, it's like a bunch of younger me's running around. (laughs) That's not a good thing, man. You have to care about things, man. Can't just justify everything for your own benefit. Like that's all. But yeah, I don't know. That's probably not what you're looking for, but that's what I got, man. I don't know. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. A bunch
0: of a bunch of little Ricky
1: (laughs) almonds. Yeah, well. There probably are a bunch of little rickhams <laughs> running around, but nah, I'm just like it. I I do feel like that sometimes. I feel like you know, everybody's kind of like in like I was always. That's kind of what people used to thought was special about me was because I didn't seem like I cared and I did my own, you know, thing. Mm. And I think that's part of the problem is that's what everyone is nowadays. It's like not, you know, and I never did it to hurt people or to to like, it just, you know, it was just the way, but I think now people just don't care. And they're out to hurt people as long as it benefits themselves, you know? And, and that's what I mean by that. I really think like, it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, people just used to care like about how they treated other people and, like now we're arguing whether a guy who incites riots—it's I mean, just bizarre, man. It's just yeah. bizarre. And let's go, Joe. That's what <laughs> I'd say.
0: But. Well, we will keep peddling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, brother. I really yeah. appreciate you inviting me on extending the opportunity and i'm sorry we might have to redo this because what
0: uh, What? it
1: took like four hours to get (laughs) comfortable and even i still don't feel comfortable i'm like you might have to send me it because i'm gonna be like nope take that out nope take that do your thing man you're doing a great job but yeah you gotta give me a chance we'll come on and have some happy funny stories and go over that sometime because uh this yeah. i just feel like i come across like a whiny little like <laughs> negative nancy like no. i i already feel like i want to kick my own ass <laughs> and i haven't even seen it yet. no but
0: no so, yeah. we 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 mixed it up
1: yeah no we did i know it just feels i'm just it's just such a weird time and place yeah but all so right. we got to talk about the fight like i got funny vegas stories though that'll, that'll just that'll have okay. you rolling i hope or you'll be like uh all right That's listeners a-
0: you you heard it here so ricky wants to come back yeah maybe not on maybe not on here but i will tell you personally my vegas stories Oh,
1: dun dun dun!
0: They were they were great. Okay, um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, brother. I love you so much, and I I I, I enjoy this opportunity because I think I think our friendship grew even more because you know it's it's just nice to get some time with you. So I, I appreciate right. I appreciate that you that you did this, and um, there's no better time than right now to have these kind of conversations.
1: Thank you, brother. Love right. you as well.
0: You are loved, you are enough, you are worthy. Blessings to all of you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. And remember, you are loved, you are enough, and you are worthy. Blessings to all of you.